0: Carlson,
1: Carlson. Där är den bästa Carlson. Carlson, Carlson. Hoj här kommer Carlson. Carlson, Carlson. Ingen faktiskt ingen annan Carlson som läser bra som mig. Carlson, Carlson. Carlson scores. Carlson yeah. Carlson yeah, 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 the- yeah, yes! Welcome, everybody! episode to the so- Girls, of fantasy yeah, hockey podcast, the longest-running fantasy hockey podcast in the world, know. hosted by two guys who just moved Sergei Bobrovsky up a tier Mitch smore board, and we'll see if we change any other goalie tiers as we go through part two of our mega episode talking about every single goalie in the entire league. I'm your host, Dylan Dubrovsky, and with me for the back half of this goalie extravaganza, may I even say a goalie smorgasbord, it's my very good friend and co-host, Brian Come
0: you may say a Schmore goalies board. That's exactly what we're calling it. I hope everyone here has listened to part one and enjoyed part one. Those were like, those were the enjoyable goalies. I said at the end of it that we had 15 goalies. You could count on to be the number one volume starter. And now there's 16 because we moved Bobrovsky out of tier five, a, which we're about to get to into tier four. And now we're getting into, well, there's a lot, there's a lot of gut calls here with these goalies and and not like you basically at this point in our tiering you're looking at a flow chart situation where you have to figure out what your needs are are you looking for a goalie who can come in you know occasionally get a little more than half the starts be a decent shot to play well is that good low volume decent shot to play well or Would you like a high volume goalie who is a wild card for whether or not they're actually going to play well? Like these are goalies who are still going to play a lot of games, but any given night uh, based on recent performances, we have no idea what we can reliably expect from them. So these are the choices you're making at this point in our tiering experience for Schmore Goldie's board. Yeah,
1: so that's why we split tier five into two tiers, because I don't want to necessarily compare and say that I'd rather have Carter Hart or Jeremy Swayman. It's like, if you want more starts, probably Hart. If you want better games, <laughs> probably swayman so that's why we split them up into 5a for the 1as but that have a backup was going to play a lot not even a backup like a 1b and then 5b are going to be our remaining volume starters who were scared to death about i think at this point in your draft you probably want to have one of these other goalies by the way you probably want a guy from tier one to tier four that you can sort of depend on to play a lot and be decent if you waited this long you're taking some swings and it could really work out for you there's a lot of guys who are in tiers one to four that haven't been in the past and people got really lucky to land on them. But you also have that risk of just not ending up with a great goalie, which maybe will be okay, right? Maybe you don't end up with a great goalie after your draft and depending on your league settings, maybe you can float your team with some backups or just even an extra skater, you know, and not playing goalies. And then maybe you find a good goalie in free agency after an injury or someone that really like, you know, pulls a huso, So, you know, up to you how you want to play. But yeah, so tier 5A, let's do it. So first, let's do the 5A, the guys who were we, we consider them 1As. They're probably the starter, but they could like lose the job or it could end up being 50-50. But we like them. When they play, they're probably good. Uh, so we've got three of these guys, maybe four. We'll debate one of them. Uh, starting off, I already said Jeremy Swayman, right? So he's a high pedigree prospect. Uh, Boston is a bit of a scary situation right now with McAvoy injured. We don't know how good of a team they'll be without McAvoy, without Grizlik, like uh, Ben talked to Fludo Shinzawa and he was saying how maybe the D might not be as good they did bring in Hampus Lindholm who could help a bit but you know so we'll see but still Swayman now he played his second year well really it was his first year last year he played exactly 41 games exactly half the games he had a 914 save percentage he's only 23 years old high pe- again like I said high pedigree guy we expect him to only get better as he ages and has more experience so I think he's a solid bet high ceiling but of course Linus Allmark is there who we'll get to in a later tier I think Swayman will pay a little bit more but I also don't like they're paying Allmark a lot of money not to just play Swayman all the time right so that's the type of guy we're talking about here in 5A Uh, next up uh, Vili Huso who I just talked about as being last year's breakout star Detroit signed into a contract and we're gonna see now if Huso can live up to what he did for the majority of last year he kind of fell off a little bit at the end wasn't amazing in the playoffs but Detroit still decided to give him a three years at 4.75 mil and uh yeah he's gonna be sharing the net now with alex nijelkovich who was, you know, like Brian said, basically average. So if Huso can be above average, then he'll earn more starts. And he's, like, making more money. So I expect him to be the starter. I also kind of hope that Detroit will be a bit of a better team next year. You know, they made all these splashes, including Huso. And then including David Perron. Including Andrew Kopp, Uh, You know, hopefully, Jakob Varana is finally healthy. Like, we expected, this team should be better, right? So hopefully, that's going to be a good situation for their goalie. And uh, Billy Huso, yes, we'll see what he can do. Uh, So that's why we have him in 5A. And then, again, like Brian said, it's a bit of gut calls, because we don't know, we'll learn more in camp. And like I said in part one, we're going to potentially make some changes to the goalies board, our tiers here, which, by the way, are available, keepingcarlson.com slash goalies, or they will be available by the time you listen to this episode. For people watching live, it's not there yet. Uh, But, yeah, you know, we'll see what happens in camp. But right now, I think in Colorado, the sense is that Georgiev is going to be the starter and Frantzoso is going to be the backup. Uh, But, you know, I'm not going to bank on it all year. Like, Georgiev has to really prove that he can earn it. But, man, the ceiling, if Georgiev is a starter on colorado is insane because that team is probably undoubtedly like the best in the league uh but of course georgiev only had an 898 save percentage last year on the rangers so we have him there in 5a so Brian, that's swayman georgiev husso why don't you talk about those three and then we'll talk about the guy that sort of bridges our gap between 5a and 5b where like i'm not sure if he's a volume starter or not i'm not sure if he's good or not but first of all swayman georgiev husso
0: Swayman, Georgiev, so? Okay, I'm going to start off with Georgiev, actually, who's someone who uh, has been a really exciting fantasy spot start for the last few years with the Rangers. Like, he's had some huge weak winning performances over the years. There's no denying that. Uh, Last season was not Georgiev's year. In fact, it was the worst year in his NHL career. He had an 898 save percentage in all situations. He had his worst five on five number. And this guy also like his worst five on five number would have hurt. He wouldn't be sub 900, though. The reason he's sub 900 is because Georgiev had a shorthanded save percentage of 844. That's like a oh, league worst number. His expected number was 897. I mean, compare that with who was I talking about? Jari and Anderson, who had like 928 and 935. Gurgiev had an 844, which is just unreasonably terrible. He did not have a good time being a goalie, shorthanded, but at five on five last season, he actually played above his even his expected numbers. So there's reason to believe. Uh, based on Georgiev's body of work, basically in all his years in the NHL, look, he's never played more than 33 games. He's, played, he's had seasons where he's played as few as 10 games. But in his, uh, I'm just counting them again to make sure I have it right, in his five seasons in the league, he has outplayed his expected number in four of those five seasons, uh, sometimes by just a bit. But hey, that's still the right side of that mark that you want to be on. And again, had some really bad uh, penalty kill fortunes. Last season, so there's reason to believe, especially compared to Franco's, who whose career numbers aren't as convincing, that he might have just been a, a, had a couple hard luck hard luck moments. Uh, I am on board with the idea that Georgiev could be not is, but he could be a number one goalie. And if there's a team that you want to try out being a number one goalie on as you mentioned, Dylan, Colorado is a pretty good place to do it. So I like give uh, a lot in this tier as somebody who has the upper hand. Swayman is an interesting one, and we've already have a, a mention in the chat from Schwab's squad who said, you know, we brought up the reason last year that we thought Swayman might be on the, the, the wrong end of this timeshare, which is that he's sharing with Olmark who has a, a contract that shows the Bruins are invested in him. I feel like they must already be regretting that contract because it's, he seems unnecessary. And also Allmark has proven himself to not be the goalie we once hoped he could be in the NHL, at least so far, because anything could change, especially with goalies. Um, but I like Swayman as like, yeah, he's uh, he's OK. And then Huso is the one who I'm really, really wanting to watch this year to see what he does. I mean, a uh, number one job. I don't think is about to be handed to him because Nadelkovich is not terrible. Uh, he could still have a good year. Uh, this is a former Calder candidate who came out of the gates, well, actually really poorly, but then stepped up right after that that initial stumble at the start of last year and obviously was in a really tough situation, couldn't consistently play well. But I think Huso and Nadelkovic will be a, a really nice pair to push each other and one could emerge and obviously the Red Wings had a year to look at Ndalkovich and decided not to invest in him but to invest in Villejusso and so he gets the the 1A billing here which is why he's in this tier and then I don't know Elon, you want to get to Matt Marie now as being like this like shape-shifting goalie who is just impossible like I I'm giving up on Matt Murray and not in terms of like I'm giving up he's never going to be good I'm just giving up trying to guess what in the world is going to happen between figuring out his health status and the quality of his play it all just seems to change with the direction of the wind and I can't like I'm just going to be honest I can't like this guy has had good years this guy has had bad years this guy has had healthy runs this guy has had unhealthy runs uh he's not he's going to a new team he's going to a really freaking good new team and there is a the chance that Matt Murray can be a star goalie on a loaded toronto team to do that he'd have to be healthy which he hasn't done consistently for a while and have to play well which he hasn't done consistently for a while but we've seen him put it all together enough times to know it's possible but i have no way to predict whether he's actually going to be able to do that so i'm just gonna say i know he can i don't know if he will yeah, I feel like I would consider him
1: 5B in terms of, like, a goalie who can play a lot, but I'm scared of him. I'm definitely scared of him, that's for sure. But, like, Toronto would love it, right? If he is healthy and if he is proves that he's worth it, they'd love to play him as a starter and show that they made a smart move acquiring his contract, right? Like, I think the Leafs would be very happy for Murray to be, like, not crazy volume, you know, but to be a clear starting goalie in their system and have Samsonov be the backup, at least for next year but uh yeah it's who knows so i don't even know if we could talk about it anymore but like the the ceiling is there if you could get him late enough in your drafts like unbelievable upside because he could be the starting goalie on the Leafs. I think the Leafs want him to be their starting goalie. And you know, if you're, if you're drafting and make sure you're in a league that has a decent number of IR spots, cause you may need to use it once in a while on Murray, but okay. So after him, we've got four goalies who are maybe the remaining like sure starters that we didn't cover in part one of this show. But like, do you really like, I, it's too hard for me to actually recommend drafting this player as a starter. Like, they could be a volume starter, but they could get injured or they could just be terrible, but here they are starting off Car- Harder heart. Or heart? Okay, one time we thought he could be like an up and coming, one of the top goalies to draft in fantasy. Philly had that good year a couple years ago, where it was looking like they were on their way up to be like this like up and coming team, and then like everything has just totally fallen apart. Now going into next year, like Giroux is gone. Now Couturier is back. Like I don't know. Like uh, unfortunately, that whole Ryan Ellis thing really hasn't worked out for them. They needed that number one defenseman. They got him, and then he got injured right away, and it's looking like he's not going to play at least to start the year. They do have Tony D'Angelo. We'll see if he helps. Uh, at the end of the day though and also Carter Hart hasn't been able to stay healthy you know very well and, and he hasn't done that great like last year he was actually better than the year before like he had a 906 save percentage uh, which is like very different than that abysmal 2020 2021 season which we don't even need to talk about again that was crazy there was COVID and there all these excuses uh, so yeah like I think like they'd like to, for him to be the starter I bet you a lot of listeners don't even know who the backup is right now I'll, I'll throw the name at you uh, people take, take three seconds to try to guess it before I just tell you uh, it's someone named Felix sandstrom who according to cap friendly and from everything i'm seeing is right now gonna start the season as the backup obviously they might be a battle in camp and we'll see but like all that to say it seems like carter hart has the potential to be a volume guy but you know on a scary team and also he hasn't been doing that well himself so you know that, there's a risk uh next up the, uh, the next three guys are all gonna be similar right so john gibson on Anaheim like okay like it's such a waste because Anaheim has that amazing off day schedule we had that show Brian where we talked about the schedules and if people haven't listened to that if you're just like getting into fantasy now you know you took the summer off you wanted to come back a more goalies board kind of you know signifies that it's time to really get into fantasy go back and listen to that episode that we did where we analyzed the schedule because that'll be really helpful for you next year and Anaheim has all those off day games so if you have like two other starting goalies for your two goalie spots you could draft Gibson late in your draft and get more. Most of his games because on those days where your other two stars are playing, Gibson will likely not be playing, and then he'll be playing, you know, on a Wednesday as one of the few goalies playing. So it's a good situation, but he's <laughs> has And he, at one point, we thought he was one of the better goalies in the league, but he just can't put it together for a full year. Every once in a while, he goes on runs where he looks really good, usually at the start of the year, and it falls apart. And like Anaheim's not looking that much better. Yeah, they brought in Klingberg. They have a really exciting decor like coming up in the future once they get Minchukov and Zellweger and, you know, Drysdale. Still gets older like they could be like one of the top defensive teams in a little while but for now it's not that case so uh, it could be another rough year for Gibson but who knows maybe this is the year maybe like having Zegras a year older as like a superstar like just helps push this team forward like there's always the potential that Gibson could finally like get back to being that great goalie we used to think he is uh, but it's a risk but there's a starter Then we've got Philip Grubauer over on Seattle so we all know what happened last year he played a lot even when he stunk he still played a lot. So the plan is for Grobauer to be the starter, and now with Chris Reedger injured, I'd expect they brought they brought in Martin Jones. I I assume if their plan is to be successful, it's not to play Martin Jones a lot. I think it's for Grobauer to find the game that he had in previous years in Colorado and Washington. So we'll see. He's, I think he's going to be a volume guy, and I think we've seen that he's going to have a lot of leash. So that's really good. But at the end of the day, an eighty nine save percentage, he's not helping you very often. And then finally, Jake Allen got to put him here, right? Like big injury risk. Like he. Just because Montreal will probably run him into the ground like they did last year, because the other option is Sam Montembeau, or maybe they bring in Caden Primo. But I think the plan with the announcement that Carey Price might not play at all next year or maybe even ever again. uh, Yeah, Jake Allen now becomes a likely volume guy that's going to play a lot. And he was okay last year, uh, you know, in in, in spite of being on such a terrible team. Like we all remember how terrible the Habs were at the start. We expect the Habs to be maybe a little better next year. So, yeah, I think that Allen could be a dark horse, especially if you get him like super late in your draft. And if your league benefits volume like the cupful does, he could be good. But again, could be a disaster. So there we go, Brian, tier five B, maybe Matt Murray and then Carter Hart, John Gibson, Grubauer and Jake Allen.
0: All right, let's play the game again of these four goalies. I'm not counting Matt Murray because he's like floating in the middle here Uh, of Hart, Gibson, Grubauer and Jake Allen, who outplayed their expected save percentage Mm. at five on five. Okay, I think... Only one. I think Jake Allen, right? Because he, su- he probably had such a low expected one to start. <laughs> it probably wasn't a hard bar to clear. Uh, you are correct on both counts. He had the lowest expected Fenwick save percentage, but that means his 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 job was hard. I don't think that means it's easier to clear um, just because the team in front of you has given up so many high-danger chances. Uh So, Jake Allen, uh, yeah, the only player uh, of these four goalies, Allen Hart, Gibson, and Grubauer, to outplay his expected Fenwick State percentage. Carter Hart almost made it. John Gibson wasn't really close. And Philip Grubauer was, uh, as you mentioned, way, way out in the woods. Uh, I really like Grubauer as a bounce-back candidate. In fact, all four of these guys could be bounce-back candidates. The, the one I actually have never really believed in as an NHL goalie is Jake Allen. And ironically enough, he was the best of the bunch last year. Uh, but Carter Hart, look, he's close to putting it together. His challenge is going to be doing it behind that Philly team. I don't think there's going to be a ton of wins to be had. I think goals against average could be rocky. Uh, but hopefully Carter Hart can put together some decent save percentage outings. But it's still hopeful at this point because we haven't seen him really put it all together. John Gibson, for the first time in his career, has... Uh, in two of his three last seasons, underplayed his expected Fenwick save percentage. Before this moment, it was very rare for John Gibson to underplay his expected Fenwick save percentage. Uh, He was the lone shining light on some bad Ducks teams. He was a great shining light on some decent Ducks teams. And now uh, he, just as the Ducks are turning the corner in a rebuild, he is flailing and unable to find his game. So I wonder... I feel like he'd be a really good trade candidate for another team to be able to pick up and like give a fresh start to. Uh, I, I feel like that would work, a fresh start for John Gibson. His backup this year is Anthony Stolars, who has shown uh, some ability in limited time, like someone I'm curious to see more from, as a matter of fact, um, which maybe is the reason that the Ducks could deal Gibson, but I'm not counting on it. Of course, uh, Gibson is still signed for another $6.4 million a year. Uh, expiring in 2027 so they're gonna have to find a taker for that contract if they are going to deal gibson but he could be worth every penny again we've seen him be worth every penny but lately not so much and then of course philip grubauer who i think let's just reset and go back i think i'm seeing this for all of seattle And it really actually speaks to Grubauer because I think the forwards mostly did their job. The defense mostly did their job, but that team really struggled because they had no goaltending all season long. I'm willing to give Grubauer and Seattle a reset and hope that he can just do better. I'm going to pretend last year didn't happen and look at him as one member of this group who could improve this season. I think he is on the best team of the bunch. I think he... Maybe John Gibson is close, but that would be the upshot for Philip Grubauer. If you've lost faith in him, have faith that I think Seattle has a game plan uh, going into this year based on what they learned last year. And Philip Grubauer is still a really key part of it.
1: Yeah, I think the problem is, I think last year the data shows that they were actually pretty decent and it was just Grubauer that sent them. Like, it's not as if he was in a bad spot and now we expect him to be in a better spot. Like, he actually just has to be better, but it's possible he will be. Maybe he's like, you know, found a new trainer or like, you know, whatever these professional athletes do. Like, I don't know, I'm a podcaster, right? And if I do a bad job, probably i just quit. But, you know, or if someone tells me I'm really terrible, but like, you know, he's a professional, he's getting paid lots of money. Maybe he's finding ways to improve whatever fell apart last year. So it's definitely possible he's been good in the past. Brian I've got a new name uh kind of similar to okay I think we're like we're through tier five now tier six which we're gonna get to in a sec is like all like tandems guys we don't even know who's gonna be the starter who's gonna be the backup or maybe like we have guesses but it's like very likely it could be like 50 50 I have one of them here that I want to throw at you as potentially coming to tier five Uh, we had a take from Justin in our discord aggressive hot take alert Jonathan Quick gets closer to 55 starts as he outplays Peterson, and what turns out to be a return to form for Quick, Kopitar, Doughty, with the addition of Fiala, the rise of Kempe, and solid supporting efforts. Uh, the Kings surprise many this year, and Quick is in a contract year. Even though he's older, he will want to end his story well. Well, obviously he'll want to, right? But like maybe like he ends his story well and the Kings are actually a team that challenges for the playoffs. So they don't just like, you know, play uh, Peterson more just because, you know, he's the future and Quick is like in that final year of that contract. So I think it's an interesting take. And honestly, like last year, it seemed like at the start, they wanted to give Peterson a chance to overtake. He wasn't able to do it. At this point, I kind of agree that I think that Jonathan Quick is the presumptive starter. And obviously, yeah, if Peterson outplays him, then he'll take the job over. I think that's the case with a lot of these 5A guys that we talked about. But I feel like uh Jonathan Quick, with LA potentially being better after signing Fiala, yeah, to me, like Quick is the starter to start. And I know he's not amazing, but... I think that, yeah, I think I would consider him a 5A, but I'm good to keep him in tier six, which we'll get to again. with like So tier six, we right now have Quick and Peterson, just both in tier six. It's like there and there as a tandem, who knows? I'm kind of feeling like I think that we know that Quick is the starter. So I'd want to maybe consider him in 5A, but tell me what you think.
0: I'm okay to Yeah, not, yeah no, I don't think so. I think last year was the first year, like the previous three years before this past season, Jonathan Quick had not had played below his expected Fenwick save percentage. He's going to be 37 in January, and I'm not really seeing like a reborn, renewed quick. I think he played well, uh, better than we've seen him play in some time. But I've seen three bad years coming into this one. And of course, you could say, well, there was a COVID affected. You might not want to put a whole lot of weight in those numbers when those seasons, he only played 22 games. I get it. And I, I'm not, you're right, like, I, we're not writing off Quick entirely. I still think Cal Peterson is the goalie that the Kings would like to emerge for the core that they're building now to eventually take a run, or they want to see if he's the guy that can work with that core, and they want to find out sooner rather than later whether or not he can do it. Um, there's, But there's no getting around that he was outplayed by Jonathan Quick. Last season, and last season was Peterson's like one stumble really since coming to the NHL, and they both had their struggles. Like Quick had uh, some really great stretches, but there were also times where the Kings were going back and forth between Peterson and Quick, and neither one could put enough of a performance together to earn consecutive or or several or a run of starts uh, that were consecutive. So putting that all together, I I, I agree with what you're saying and that Jonathan Quick is the presumptive starter, but I'm going to tack on for opening night. I think Quick earned the opening night start. I think he might have a slight edge as the incumbent, but I'm not sure the quality of his play is actually so much better than Cal Peterson or better at all than Cal Peterson that he's going to that I feel so confident he's going to hold on to the greater part of the timeshare for the rest of like for the rest of the season beyond opening night
1: all right fair so we'll keep him in tier six but just maybe for the listeners who agree with justin m i think there's an argument to be made and so you could put a little asterisk for yourself maybe put him at the top of that tier as someone you could again this is a goal you could grab really late in your draft and who knows potentially you have a starter on a team that might be a lot improved. Like LA already did make the playoffs last year, right? So maybe they could be even better. All right, so now we're going to tier six. Okay, we've got again a 6A and a 6B. 6A is the majority of tier six. These are goalies that we expect to be tandems, including LA. And uh, we, it's really hard to say who's going to get more starts. It doesn't even seem like there is a presumptive starter. So we're just throwing them in as like tandems and like one of them in the tandem could end up being really good if they earn the job or it could just be 50-50 and it'll be really hard to hold any of these guys. Then we're going to get to a 6B, which are like... We have a couple more guys that I expect to potentially be the for sure starters, but like they're even worse than the ones we already talked about. So uh, let's start with 6A. Okay, so we've got, I think, four teams here that we just have these tandems and we'll talk it through and why we we have no idea. So uh, actually, you know what, Brian? I'm parched. I need a drink of water. So actually, before we get to tier six, let's just take a quick break. Okay, so you're listening to Keeping Carlson. We'll be back really soon to finish off tier six, seven, eight, nine and X. See you soon all right we are back and as promised brian we're getting into tandems now as we get to tier six of our goalies again keepingcarlson.com slash goalies to find the final results here but don't check now if you're listening to the podcast right because you're going to spoil the rest of the show but yeah that'll be there for you and, and like i also said we might shift this around as we learn more in training camp and we'll do a show at the end of training camp where we talk about the changes we've made uh also the keeping carlson ultimate patron fantasy league if you're listening to this and it's not past september 8th you still have a chance to guarantee yourself a spot by registering so if you go to keepingcarlson.com slash patron, you become a patron of Keeping Carlson, then you'll get access to our Discord, where, where we have an amazing community, and then you'll see a Cucupful registration channel. You'll, you'll be pointed right there to go and sign up, and then you can find all the information at cucupful.com, K-K-U-P-F-L dot Okay, Brian, tier six, we're starting in New Jersey, okay? I have no idea. Like, Mackenzie Blackwood seems like he's washed. Seems like he stinks, but the word is on the street that he's healthy finally and ready to take another run at being a valuable goalie for this team. After last year, he only played 25 games and was abysmal. Uh, you know, I'm. Re- I want to just forget about him, but I think there's a decent chance. If, like again, it's a big if. It's kind of like a Matt Murray situation. Like I think they'd like for him to do well. Like he's, you know, in the last year, I believe of his contract, he's making 2.8, and so we'll see. And he's going to be now in a tandem, at least to start the year with Vitek Vanacek, who came over from the Capitals the Capitals had the option to keep him and just decided now we're going to start fresh with Camper and Lindgren leaving Vanacek as uh, available for New Jersey. And they acquired him. They signed him now to like a three-year deal. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, had a nine Oh eight save percentage. It's not like he was terribly played 42 games, 20 wins. So I think to me, it could really go either way. It could even go a third way, which is Blackwood gets injured or just clearly is not up for it. And then Nico Dawes comes in and shares the net with Vitek Vanacek. I can see that happening as well. Uh, but we'll get to Dawes later in our tier X, tier x is going to be goalies that are probably not going to start the year in the nhl but could get some time and i definitely see a possibility with blackwood getting injured uh but yeah i don't know blackwood and vanacek try one i like new jersey like i think that they're an up-and-coming team and i think if they could actually get some good goaltending they could do something will one of these guys
0: give them that goaltending We'll have to wait and find out. We'll have to wait and find out. I mean, this feels very much like Washington last year with Vandacek and Samsonov, where Samsonov seemed like, you know, the favored, the incumbent, somebody or uh, incumbent might be too strong a word, but someone that the club was hoping would take the reins and go and didn't and uh new jersey has blackwood who just has lost the reins right like you said elon his last two seasons of performances where we've seen him play um you know only 60 games over the last couple years but he has looked terrible in almost all of them and the numbers are, are there to prove it whereas vanacek you know he hasn't been awesome but he's been okay uh and okay enough to i think be able to earn more consecutive starts in a row than blackwood if i was counting on one to perform like i to me vanacek is a borderline 6a guy like i feel like the only reason blackwood would get play more play than vanacek in new jersey is if he can rediscover the game that we saw him come into the league with but it's been long enough since we've seen it that i'm not optimistic we're gonna see it again so i i i I'm good with them being together in 6A, but this is maybe the only tandem in this group where I feel like I could elevate. Like you wanted to elevate Jonathan Quick to 5A, I might elevate Vitek Vanacek to 5A. And like Jonathan Quick, I don't have a whole lot of faith in Vitek Vanacek, but he's played well enough, and I don't think the competition is really there. And New Jersey's looking like a good team. I want their goalie, and Vanacek is the guy I'd bet on being it, uh, but agreed that uh, the fact that New Jersey is going to be a good team puts their tandem in a pretty good position. Like this is like the top of the tandems kind of tier. And this is a tandem that I would be interested in getting the starter from yeah except that they both might stink but like blackwood was good like that just in 2019 20
1: before covid before we knew about all that messiness he had a 915 save percentage in 47 games coming off a rookie year where he played 23 games at a 918 like blackwood was looking good it's not like so so long ago but just these last two years complete disasters so i think it could really go either way Uh, brian's putting his chip on vanacek next up we got the Sens. okay uh i was really excited about anton forsberg i thought it was going to be forsberg and murray to start the year and murray would flame out like usual and then four Forsberg would end up being a volume starter and continue to be an MVP for whoever drafts him. Like he was for me in the couple at the end of last year, Uh, but the Sens decided to trade away Matt Murray, get that contract off their books. And instead they brought in Cam Talbot, who has only one year left on his contract from Minnesota. Uh, And now we get into a situation where Forsberg was great last year. Talbot was not as great, only a nine 11 save percentage. And also Talbot was playing on a cushier team like Schwab's, uh, squad. Another hot take that he gave us to share on the show is he predicts Forsberg will play 50 plus games. And he said Talbot leaving the cushy, well-protected wild. People forget he was almost out of the league after that stint in Calgary and playoff performance. So yeah, there's we'll have to see what Talbot can do now on the sense. He's also not, you know, the youngest goalie in the league at this point. He's like well into his 30s. He's actually 35 years old. I don't know if people realize how up there Cam Talbot is. And by the way, you know what we're calling like Flurry and Talbot old. Like I'm going to turn 40 soon. So, you know, I'm not shaming anyone for their age. But uh, for NHLers, these guys are up there. Uh, so, yeah, I could really see it going either way for the Sens. Like, Schwab's squad has his opinion. I feel like you can make an argument that the Sens traded for Talbot because they want him to be the starter. Probably at the end of the day, I could see it just totally being a 50-50. And, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. So, anyways, yeah, I think it, I, I also, Ottawa, like New Jersey, seems to be on the up, obviously, after this exciting offseason they had. So, uh, I would be interested in having, if one of them gets injured, Well, then in that case, maybe Mad Sogard or someone comes up and then it's still a 50-50 with whoever else is there. Like, if there was a volume starter on Ottawa, I'd be very interested in that goalie. I was really high on Forsberg as like a sleeper for this year until they brought in Talbot. And now I just feel like, eh, I don't know. I just really think they're going to maybe split starts at the end of the day.
0: I think that's pretty likely since Ottawa put assets and Philip Gustafsson and investment in cap and cap money in term to cam talbot to bring him in and uh, no one wants to look dumb for putting that down uh, on cam talbot i think it was necessary for the sense to get some kind of insurance policy if you want to call cam talbot that or a plan b in case anton forsberg worked out who might also be plan b i feel like right now ottawa has a couple plan b's and we're gonna see if either one of them turns into plan a i mean cam talbot has not had a terrible career and I don't mean to like be harsh on him but he's been like about average for a bunch of it but his last like really notably good season came in 2016-17 when he played a ton of games he played 73 games for Edmonton and uh, and had a fantastic year it was one of the best goalies in the league that season but outside of that I mean he he did some good backup duty in uh with the rangers at the start of his career but since 1617 he really has not succeeded that said uh, he's been with edmonton philadelphia calgary minnesota and now ottawa so moving around a lot it's got to shake a guy up to play behind so many different teams so we'll see over the course of his contract if he can get comfortable starting this year but i was reading an ian mendez article over at the athletic where uh, it was a mailbag article and someone asked who starts opening night for the sens and mendez said his best guess was anton forsberg because he had led that organization through the woods last season or out of the woods last year by putting together really the first stretch of quality play in his entire career remember he played a few years in North America before taking a break for a couple seasons uh came back in 2019-20 uh and had another like unremarkable seat like he played three games played terribly then played eight games for Ottawa in his first year with the team played not very well and then last season 46 games uh and played well in them uh, and ottawa liked what they saw and i think mendez's interpretation was yeah they're gonna give him the opening night start to is like a thank you you earned this with your play last year and then it's gonna be an open competition for starts from there and i i think it's gonna be like play well and you can stay sort of thing i feel like dj smith and ottawa isn't gonna want necessarily enforce a time slip between them if they're both playing well I think it's going to be a competition. If you can hold the net, you get to hold the net. And if you're not cutting it, we're going to try the other guy. Um, so I, I, I think it's and similar to what you said about New Jersey, Elon, and you said it about Ottawa too. This is a team that could be on the up. So I would like to have their goalie. I'm going to say the same thing about New Jersey. Be great to have the goalie. I don't know who it's going to be, but I might draft the tandem if I can get them cheaply enough and then drop the guy who's looking less likely to start the majority of games.
1: Yeah, I think between those two teams, New Jersey's more likely to have one goalie emerge, in my opinion. I feel like in Ottawa, it just feels to me like a back and forth, like regardless, almost. Like obviously Ian Mendez has his opinion. It just seems like they have two guys who they like and they're going to want to play them both half the games to me. So I just feel like it's less likely you could draft the Ottawa tandem, but I think you're going to end up being stuck with a
0: tandem. In my opinion, we'll wait and see how it goes. (laughs) I think that makes sense and I think that speaks honestly I think the difference is what like there's nobody that we're as down on in the Ottawa tandem as we are on Blackwood
1: well, right? yeah, well and vanacek like i just feel like one of them might have the opportunity to take over as a starter because the other one will stink and then also maybe one of them has something to show so yeah uh there was one more team here that we have the tandem that we're putting here in tier 6a is the san jose sharks so another non-playoff team maybe they're not as much looking like a team on the up and up but hey willie Eklund is coming who knows what they can do uh and finally last year was their first year without having to worry about martin jones in a long while and you know james reimer came in and while yeah he wasn't uh insane like he only had a 9 save percentage but you know what compared to what martin jones was doing that was like an all-star for the sharks like, that was a godsend to finally have a goal that they could somewhat rely on to play well and honestly reimer was even doing better to start like if you recall aiden hill just couldn't stay healthy and reimer ended up just having to play like so many games they like the coach didn't want bugner didn't want to put in Sachenko ever so they just, like, kept on playing Reimer. And so I wonder if maybe that affected his numbers. Maybe he would have done better if he didn't have to play so many games in a row during that stretch when Hill was injured. Uh At the end of the day, he comes in, and, like, I would be expecting him to be the starter, except for, like, at the end of last season, they traded away their really good emerging young defenseman in Jake Middleton to get Kapo Kakanen from Minnesota And Cochinen came in and was insane, right? Like, he wasn't doing that well on the Stars, which is, I guess, why they decided to give up on him as a potential goalie of the future, especially since they have Wallstead. But he came to San Jose. He had a couple rough starts right off the bat. Uh, But after that, he, like, ended the year on a torrid run. He was If you look at his game log, it's like every game is the same percentage, like, 920 or higher for the most part. Like, Cochinen really ended strong. I think the Sharks feel confident in him they traded away aiden hill now to vegas who we'll get to i have no idea who's gonna be the starter in vegas uh but yeah we've got now cockanen and reimer i could easily see cockanen falling back to you know not being as great like he was last year for most of the time in minnesota but he's only 26 i think the sharks would love for him to emerge and also i could see james reimer I, I, yeah. I, I, I could make arguments on either side. Like Reimer's in the last year of his contract. He could get traded. If the Sharks stink and then it turns out that they're not in the playoff hunt, Like they're probably going to trade Reimer at the deadline to a team that needs a goalie that probably has an injury or something. And that could be good for Reimer or bad for Reimer. So it's really hard to say. That would be a reason, by the way, for them to showcase him and play him more. So yeah, at the end of the day, Brian, I don't know if you have an opinion. Honestly, it's, for me, it's a total coin flip and it might just be 50-50 again.
0: This is when I had to check my assumptions on because I was going into Schmorgoli's board thinking that James Reimer was going to be the starter and had the upper hand. Kapokokkanen had had a really uneven season in Minnesota, had blown a lot of opportunities that uh, kind of suggested that he, you know, like he had, he had the chance to step up in Minnesota and overtake Cam Talbot. And he never quite could. I held him on my fantasy rosters long enough waiting for that to happen uh, before Eventually dropping him. But then, yeah, he had 932 save percentage over his last eight games of the season in San Jose. And then I also take a look at James Reimer, and he was also not as great as I thought he was last season. Um, and beyond not being great at five on five, he was incredible short-handed. Okay. He, as bad as Georgiev was short-handed, uh, James Reimer was that good. He had a 952 shorthanded Fenwick save percentage, which is out of this world. That's compared to the expected 899 number. So that's insane. That's really not supposed to happen. It was like a league best uh shorthanded save for- save percentage number. And that is something that I think floated James Reimer that we can't expect to return. So, yeah, I'm going to agree with you, Elon, that this is a tandem. I think both goalies have a pretty equal chance at taking games from one another. And it might be a season, though, where we see a changing of the guard. If Kabo and can string enough games together, like we saw him do at the end of last season, he might be able to uh, eventually take that number one job from James Reimer. But, of course, James Reimer has proven himself to be a decent goalie more often than not. So, again, like we're talking about all these tandems where both guys can emerge and both guys could falter. And that's just where we're at in Tier 6A. All
1: right. So with that, Brian, let's go to Tier 6B. We still have a couple starters that it's like, I'm not touching. Or if I'm touching, it's like really late. Uh, so, But this will finally end the starters. You know, in 5B, we had Carter Hart, John Gibson, Grubauer, and Jake Allen, and maybe Matt Murray. Now we're throwing in, in 6B, Petr Mrazek, who I guess is the starter on Chicago. Who's the backup on Chicago? Alex Staylock, I think. And he hasn't played in a million years, except for one game last year where he was terrible. So I don't, like, clearly they're tanking. Uh, Mrazic was really bad last year. Like, the Leafs had to do everything they can to get him out of the picture. Uh, he had an 8.88 save percentage, couldn't stay healthy, only played 20 games. So, like, I'm not interested at all, but I guess a goalie that plays games has value in fantasies. I don't know, Brian, if you could think of any, like, silver lining. Like, I know you used to like Mrazik. Uh Then we have, an Arizona, Carl Vemelka who last year really emerged as a almost volume starter, Already right? played 52 games. His save percentage overall wasn't that great, but I don't even know. I think he might be a decent goalie, right? I think he was in a terrible situation. Even if you tell me, like, his Fenwick and whatever, like, compared to average, I just feel like it must take a mental toll, you know, being on this team that's so bad. Like, I wonder if he could be better if he played, you know, on a team that had a chance to win more often. There was that stretch where they were scoring all those goals and we were winning a couple games. That was kind of fun. But yeah, anyway, so these are two goalies on two of the worst teams in the league, most likely, next year, Chicago and Arizona. But we think that the starters, some erasic and Vay Veymalkuk finish off tier. so if you want to take you know so we're putting them in the same tier as like all those guys who just said Blackwood, Vanacek, Forsberg, Talbot, Kocken and Reimer and then Quick and Peterson the reason why we have Mrazik and Vemelka on the same tier is because if you want volume I think you're getting more from Mrazik or Vemelka. the way it looks now we'll see how things look in training camp uh, but I do not expect either of these guys to have any good upside or have any chance to help you aside from just volume
0: Exactly. If you're looking for volume, you can wait for one of these guys cheap down the line. Uh, Vemelka last season, like, I like what you said, like, it was hard mentally to play for that Arizona team, although, there was a lot of positivity going with Schmaltz and Keller and Kraus all having good seasons. Goss to spare too. I was just listening, Elon, your interview with Craig Morgan for 32 beats was so good. It was one of my favorites. It felt like a very shoot from the hip kind of interview. And uh, one thing that Craig mentioned was that Vemelka wasn't supposed to be the starter, right? So he was kind of thrust into this position before he could have been reasonably expected to be ready for it. Like, this is a guy who had really no NHL experience, uh, was coming from Czechia, uh, was, uh, how old was he last year? He's probably 25 years old, right, during most of the season. Uh, this year, he, g- he goes into the season as a 26-year-old, and maybe he's learned a few things. Uh, that said, he's still playing for Arizona, which is growing as a team, but still likely tanking for Bedard. So not somebody you want to have a whole lot of faith to actually perform well with all the saves he's making. And then Petr Marazic, uh, has been uneven his whole career. Every time we think he's good then he's bad. And every time we think he's bad, then he's good. Uh, So here he is in Chicago, where I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of opportunity to even be good. If Metamorazic plays well, like individually, I still don't think it's going to look very good in the overall like raw total numbers that he's able to put up. We're not expecting a lot of wins, high goals against average, and save percentage. We'll see what he can do. But yeah, I'm going to stay pretty far away from Petamorazic, even farther away than I would from Carl Melka.
1: Who do you think is coming last in the league? Is it going to be Chicago or Arizona? And which one? I think it's between those two.
0: Yeah, I think it's good. It's, I think it's going to be Chicago. I mean, don't forget Montreal in all of this. Too. I like Montreal better
1: now. I think last year, I think ever since Martin Saint Louis came in, I have more faith. I like. I think that's like a false
0: flag. Maybe with I don't know. Louis. I like Cole
1: Caulfield. I don't know. I, I feel like it's going to be not the worst. I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff team. I'm just saying I don't think they're as bad as Chicago or Arizona.
0: Montreal has like two guys you can be excited about. The Coyotes and Chicago each have. Like one guy you can get excited about. That might be the difference.
1: I don't know I, i'm excited about more people on montreal but i don't know slavkovsky is my might be anyway whatever we don't need to get into okay but that. like
0: sorry you genuinely like reliable draftable i should use the word draftable <laughs> well, draftable in a reasonable round not the flyer rounds
1: okay well we used to think that brendan gallagher was good they have, oh, josh anderson is good in your bank hey i'm not days. putting
0: <laughs> i i agree with you Elon. i agree with you i still think there's a chance that they will be uh it's gonna be pretty hard to be as bad as Arizona in Chicago but I don't think Montreal is gonna be that far ahead
1: Mike Matheson could end up being interesting on D. (laughs) All
0: all right Elon loves you get a get a Habs hat for this season I maybe I will but
1: I actually have some other uh, teams in mind. But okay, let's go to Tier 7. So Tier 7, we've got, again, an A and a B. 7A are like, basically, we you know, when we did 5A and we talked about some goalies who we expect to be starters, but they'll have backups who we think could be decent. Well, now we're getting to the flip side where we have those backups. Uh, so that's 7A. Then 7B is kind of like, I don't, I'm sure people are like, I'm not keeping track of this, but 7B <laughs> is like 6A in that, you know, 6A was like all these tandems. We should have done this as 7A. We should have flipped them. But anyways, 7 7B are two more tandems where I have no idea who's going to be the starter, but I have them in seven instead of
0: six because there's three on each team. And I don't know which of the...
1: This is nuts.
0: This. <laughs> this is nuts. Keepingcarlson.com slash goalies, right? That's yeah. where everyone can actually look. It makes more sense visually than yeah. orally hearing 6A. and <laughs> It's really hard to tear. And as we said, like these A and B like we're doing it not because we're so super indecisive we're doing it because it depends on what you're looking for if you're looking for volume or if you're looking at a chance from someone who can step up and and be a starter or someone you know is only going to play 30 games but is going to do well in those 30 games it all depends what you're looking for that's the abc we we've really tried to hone the tiering process but there's there's no straight line yeah, just go with it, okay? We're having a good time. But I'm gonna start here with
1: 7B, actually. So I've got two more teams where I don't know who the starter is gonna be. There's three options on each, and we could give our hunches now. I've got a hunch for each of them. Uh, but yeah, they're Vegas and Buffalo. So start in Buffalo. So, like, Craig Anderson, they brought back. He, like, started last year actually pretty impressive for a guy who's, like, pushing 40, one of the few people in the league that's actually older than me at this point. So I like that about him. But, yeah, so uh, Craig Anderson, 41 at this point, played 31 games, had an 8.97 save percentage, but he actually had a 9.21 save percentage in his first, well, only six games. Then he got hurt. So I don't know, but they brought him back, but they definitely didn't bring him back to be a volume starter, but maybe he could end up being a tandem guy. Then they got uh, Eric Comrie, who last year on Winnipeg was, like, really good, and he kind of didn't make sense why Winnipeg uh you know kept on playing Connor Hellebuck game in game out when Comrie had a 920 save percentage in the 19 games he played so if anything my pick is going to be Comrie then I guess a dark horse here is Ukapeka who's minors eligible they signed him to a two-year contract and the first year is a two-way contract so you would think, and again, Buffalo's another team that potentially could be not a playoff team and maybe hoping to get a high draft pick next year one last time. So, you know, maybe even if Lukanen is better than like a Craig Anderson, maybe it's just smarter to keep him in the minors and, you know, let him get some experience there since he's the one whose minors eligible without having to go through waivers. Uh, but, you know, he played only nine games last year and they got injured, unfortunately, but he had a nine seventeen save percentage. It looks like, like if Lukanen makes the team or if he gets there at some point because of an injury... I think he has the upside to be really great. But I think if I had to bet, I think it's going to be Eric Comrie getting the majority of the starts. He actually had another one of Schwab squad's takes was it's Comrie's crease in Buffalo and management is planning, like I said, to like just send UPL to the minors to start the year. So who knows? Maybe he has some upside to be decent, right? Like like I said, he didn't really have a big opportunity last year in Winnipeg, but when he did play, he was good. And Buffalo could be a decent team this year. They've got Owen Power coming in. You know, Darlene's another year older. Now they've got this like established top line. Tage Thompson just got signed to this contract. They have all these up and coming prospects so yeah i think buffalo could be decent if they get good goaltending i think Comrie is probably their best bet for this year before upl is ready to you know come in and take over so yeah that's my pick and then the other team is vegas like i said where we learned that robin Leonard is out for the year most likely so that sucks Tier two last year, not even in the show this year. Uh, and then they've got Laurent Brossois, who's still injured, I think, but could be back pretty soon, uh, which we thought would open the door for Logan Thompson to just be like a really good sneaky pick in drafts because he's you know a guy who has looked really good in the minors and was also good in vegas when he came up last year 9 14 save percentage in his 19 games but now vegas went ahead and made things complicated they traded for aiden hill who you know also has not
0: oh i like i'm so i'm mad because they made it complicated that was my first response to the trade was like oh god like things were like and i don't think this necessarily makes them any better than they were before too it just makes it harder to figure out who's (laughs) going to be their starter i'm sorry to interject but i was like genuinely mad for the complexity it added to my own like fantasy life
1: i mean i think it does make them better just because brossois injured and i don't think they wanted to go with hutchinson who or whoever was the next option uh but yeah hill who knows like at one point we thought he had upside there in arizona and then in san jose you did well, okay, I did. I still think he does. You know, like he's had injury issues. I'd like to see what he can do if given an opportunity. But I think Logan Thompson's really good. But the thing is kind of like with Buffalo, with Ukpechukun, Thompson's the one who's minors eligible, right? So it's very possible if Brossois is healthy that Brossois and Hill are the you know, goalies on the team and thompson's in the mind but the only thing is i think that Swan hill aren't good and like vegas wants to be good so it's very tricky to predict i don't even know where to start but i think if thompson makes the team he's the guy i like the best so i'm gonna pick thompson and eric Comrie but of the six of them i think my pick is eric Comrie as the one most likely to play the most games but yeah what do you think about these situations in vegas and buffalo for tier 7b
0: so interesting, Elon. So you don't want Uko Peka Luokinen because he could be sent down, but you're still going to take Thompson even though he has the same feature in his contract. Yeah.
1: Well, I guess Bourgeois is injured. So I feel like at least to start the year, Thompson might be He'll there. Be
0: yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, th- this is tough. Vegas, I don't know. I- I'm going to actually go back to Buffalo to start because I actually found um, – a couple interesting pieces about Eric Comrie. Thanks to Schwab Squad for bringing up Comrie. Like when the comment was made, because I've been like since last year, I've been like, yeah, UPL. Like he's ready. He's going to take over. It's going to be great. And then he signed that contract that lets him be waivers exempt. And it's like, oh, I guess they're not going for him. And they signed Eric Comrie. But apparently he had a side conversation with Lou Okunin saying like, don't worry, you're still our guy. But we felt like we needed someone else to help, you know, make sure that Anderson's, like you said, 41 years old. Uh, that's a tough way to be healthy by being like, I can barely get out of bed and I'm not an NHL goalie and I'm not 41 years old. So like big ups to Craig Anderson for all that he's able to do. But looking at Eric Comrie, uh, of all goalies who played over 500 minutes last season, He led the league, the entire NHL, in Delta Fenwick save percentage, which means he was the goalie that outplayed his expected save percentage by the greatest amount. Uh, so way to go. Eric Comrie second was on Tiranta. And then third was Igor Shostyorkin and Sorokin. And I'll just keep going quick. Anderson Demko, Husso, Markstrom and Vasilevsky rounded out the top 10. So Comrie, of course, small sample size, but a huge sample size compared to Eric Comrie's career like this guy, the ratio of teams he's been on to games started is probably the worst we've ever seen in history. He's been on three teams since coming since first appearing in the NHL. In 2016, 17, uh, Buffalo's actually his fourth team. Uh, this is going into last year, though. He'd been on three teams uh, over the course of five years and had started eight games. That's brutal. And if you include like all the waivers, transactions with him, it, it's even more crazy how active he is on paper, but not on an actual NHL score sheet or appearing in games. Like he played. One game as a 21-year-old, three games in his age 22 season, uh, one game in his age 23, two games in his age 24 season, one game with New Jersey in his age 25 season, and finally, he started 16 games with Winnipeg last year. And, uh, played really well. 920 save percentage, 63% quality starts. And as I said, he did better than any other NHL goalie last season who'd played above 500, five on five minutes in playing above his expected Fenwick save percentage. So there might be something there. Uh, Craig Anderson, I think is, is there as like a veteran leadership presence. I think he's there to play also but i don't think he's going to be able to play a whole lot so i am uh, i'm pretty interested in Comrie. out of all these golden knights and sabers goalies where like we just have a mess of goalies uh i'm liking eric Comrie the most of the bunch and then yeah uh, so long as russois misses time i like logan thompson in vegas
1: too okay so then we have the rest of tier seven what we're calling 7a and like i said these are the backups that we think have upside to maybe not play more than 50% of the games, but if there's an injury, they could potentially be really good. Uh, so I'll just rhyme them off here. We've got Pavel Frenzos in Colorado, who had a 916 save percentage last year, but only played 21 games. Uh, he was injured for a bit of that. And who knows? I think he's like a higher upside potentially because Georgiev might just be not good, right? So like there's a very good chance, I think that Frenzos could end up playing more than Georgiev. I won't be shocked at all. So maybe he deserves to be a little higher, but we have him here. Uh Stuart Skinner, I like him a lot like, I think Edmonton's a good team, but they just signed Campbell to a big contract, uh, so it'll be hard for him to earn a lot of starts, but Campbell's also uh, not the healthiest guy himself, right? So it's possible that Campbell could miss time, and then that could be a good opportunity where you'll de- we'll definitely be saying on keeping Carlson, if Campbell gets injured, go rush out and grab Stuart Skinner in all of your leagues. Uh, then we have Linus Allmark in Boston. We've already talked about how maybe there's an argument to be made that he should play more than uh, Swayman, just because of the contract, but I think the general consensus now is Allmark will play a little bit less to start next year. Maybe it'll be 50-50. Uh, Auntie Ron. Carolina. He was like had not great stretches last year, but also had some really good stretches. I ended up with a nine twelve save percentage. I think he's a good spot start whenever he plays. And yeah, if Anderson gets injured, he could get a run. He finally, was somewhat healthy last year, which was nice uh, for the most part. Alex Nadjelkovich, we've talked about. Who knows if maybe Huso? Like Huso ended the year badly last year, uh, so it's definitely possible that uh, he could end up not being as good as Detroit is hoping. Maybe Nadjelkovich gets another run, uh, and then we've got uh, Spencer Knight, who we talked about as maybe having a little bit higher, but it does. Seem like Bobrovsky is still the planned starter, but Knight, huge pedigree. Last year had some struggles for sure, but I mean, that's what you could expect from someone so young. Uh, ended up with a 9.08 save percentage, but at some point, I think Knight is going to be a really awesome goalie in the league, and we'll just have to wait and see when it is. And I think next year, again, a good spot start when he plays uh, Sam Sonov on Toronto. Again, could be higher, right? Like, like Skinner, uh, the starting goalie ahead of him is someone with an injury history and so it's definitely possible that murray gets injured and then it's just a matter of if samsonov can take the reins when get, and maybe even murray won't get injured but he'll just not be good right so that was we had no idea about murray and i think it's the same for samsonov so he could be a good high upside play if you get him like you know in the last round of your draft and then finally samin varlamov who uh yeah we, we already talked about a lot when we talked about Sorokin and varlamov didn't have his best year last year he was actually you know, he had a 9-11 save percentage, which is good for a lot of, like, for a backup, that's great. But yeah, Varlamov and Sorokin for the previous year were, like, both so amazing. Last year was definitely a step back for Varlamov, but who knows? He had some injury troubles, so maybe that was affecting him. So a big packed 7A, all of, like, high upside backups, or at least what we think will be backups. Franzo, Skinner, Olmark, Ronta, Adjelkovic, Knight, Samsonov, and Varlamov. Brian, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I think... I think I think that uh, you know, if I'm picking out the ones here that I think have the best chance, and they all have we we've said they all have reasonably similar chances. I mean, some of these guys have upside to play a lot more games, some of them have downside to play a lot fewer games. I wonder Elon of Spencer Knight still belongs here after what we decided to change in part one about Sergei Bobrovsky. I'm feeling like Knight doesn't really mix in because I don't think he has a path to a timeshare or a number one job. And I really don't. And I think almost everyone else here has something close to it. Like Ranta doesn't, but he's good. He's really good when he plays. And I think he's going to get a decent number of starts. And I guess the other one who definitely doesn't have a path because of how much has been invested in Campbell is Stuart Skinner. But Campbell could get injured and needs more rest than I think your average NHL goalie. So what do you say, Elon? Should we bump Spencer Knight out of here? All right, seven here tier eight. But I think he has a lot of upside,
1: right? <laughs> but yeah. oh, for
0: for sure. But we don't. But we don't see Bobrovsky yielding the net at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, last year we did. So they, we thought it was possible. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, okay, I'm okay to bring Spencer okay. right down. So sure. Like, I mean, it, it, for that reason, maybe also Ronta should be down. To be honest, like, I don't see Anderson yielding the net at all. It's just maybe he's but he's more got a good throne,
0: f- right? And he but for Ranta, he's got a good floor of games he's going to play. Like when we were talking about Anderson, I was mentioning how I think Moore likes to rest his goalies. Like I could see this being a yeah, yeah 52 you know, 52-30 split between But I mean, them.
1: that's still different than like a francos or an Almar. Like if I'm drafting I'm definitely going to... Like, if we're giving draft advice here, I'm not drafting Ronta, right? Like, he'll always be available in free agency. But, like, Samsonov is interesting to me. Like, François is interesting. Like, I would be. I think we should move Ronta right, down, too. If we're moving okay. Spencer Knight down, I think we should move Ronta down.
0: Well, maybe we should move Skinner
1: down as well. Well, the thing with Skinner is that, like, Campbell was really bad for stretches last year, and he's injury-prone. So, I don't know. I'm, like, more interested in Skinner. But I guess I get what you're but saying. But we saw
0: how stubbornly Edmonton was going with Mike Smith, even when Skinner... Like and, and Miko Koskinen, even when Skinner was there. And All right, fine. Let's them. move
1: Skinner down. I don't care. Okay. But now we're going to have to, like, <laughs> maybe split these guys up with our tier eight guys who now have, uh... like, these guys better.
0: But, okay, we'll get there when we get there. All right. Okay, but Almark Allmark, uh, Samsonov, and Varlamov, I, this makes sense to me as a group of goalies who are not slated to be a number one or the top of a timeshare, but could play well in the time they get. And there is a path to them taking on more games or winning a 1a job or, or competing regularly through the year um i don't have a whole lot to say about either one of them i mean all these guys uh, haven't impressed us so far like franzo's has been okay uh, i know we've thought that there's some really big upside there but he hasn't really shown uh, a step towards reaching it yet Allmark has disappointed us recently as we mentioned adelkovic uh, was dealing with a lot of you know uh Inconsistency, and the team in front of him was going through some growing pains too. Maybe he was as well. So I, I'm keeping an open mind about him. Samsonov, fresh started on a really good team in Toronto, could do him well. And Varlamov could just be trading starts with uh, with Sorokin. And doing reasonably well on them. So, yeah, I think all these guys are deep. I mean, look, I'm not excited about drafting any of these guys. But if my league is deep enough and I'm looking at goalies, hey, this is where we are. And this is probably, like, the last tier that I would consider drafting a goalie from in in a reasonably deep draft. Like, it has to be super deep to go beyond this group of goalies in your draft.
1: Okay, but we still do have now Tier 8 and Tier 9. Let's just end it here with i'm gonna go through all the guys and we'll just say for each one tier eight are like backups who i think are somewhat interesting at least a little bit and then tier nine is like backups who like i have no interest in like i can't even imagine us talking about them on the show unless like the starter gets injured so to start off tier eight so how about brian as i go through it let me know if you think anyone should be like in a different spot or whatever we'll just go through all of them Stuart skinner we just put here i'm not putting him any lower uh spencer knight and anti ranta okay so they start tier eight now like interesting backups because we already were potentially going to have them higher. Okay. Charlie Lindgren on Washington. He was played 5 games last year. <laughs> was incredible 958 save percentage. Yeah, they brought in Kemper, but Kemper has some injury issues once in a while. Lindgren had those great 5 games, so I'm interested. This is just a quick test of like interested or totally bored. So are are we are we in agreement on Lindgren? Interested. All right. Spencer Martin on Vancouver. Very similar situation. He only played 6 games last year. But he had a 950 save percentage. I don't know, Demko's a volume starter for sure, but I'm just, I guess I'm a little interested in Spencer Martin, how well he did in his few games.
0: You're interested, and one of the reasons you're interested goes back to what we said in part one about how uh, we saw these volume starters, these tier two guys, Demko, Saros, uh, like, struggle. With down the stretch in the final months of the season, and maybe part of working around that struggle is starting the backups a little bit more through the season. We'll see if if coaches make any adjustments, and if they do, we'll get to see more of Spencer Martin. Uh, I'm interested to see. If, uh, if Vancouver and Nashville, etc. do shift that workload to give their backups a little more time on the ice.
1: Yeah. Okay. Then we have Stolarz and Anaheim, who you said, like, he actually played a decent amount, 28 games last year, 917 save percentage. Gibson continues to be not good. So I'm definitely interested in him. Interested okay martin jones like look martin jones sucks but grubauer really sucked last year <laughs> and so, and also i shouldn't say sucks right these are like professional goalies that are amazing that they're and what they do like it's amazing to make the nhl like don't get me wrong but anyways i think martin jones like if grubauer continues to be bad maybe martin jones starts playing more like i think of all these like tier eight guys martin jones might have the best chance to play the most games he played 35 he, last year in philly
0: yeah he might he still has not had an even reasonably good season for five years and for most of his career. So I'm not that interested in Martin Jones, except for the fact that, hey, he could get to play behind uh, what's a pretty solid Seattle team. I, I I would be surprised if he plays better than Grubauer. Like, I'm really believing that last year was a total fluke for Grubauer. But hey, if Grubauer is uh, playing as poorly as he was last year, that does open the door for Martin Jones to start for a decent Seattle team, which makes me kind of interested.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like Carter Hart better than Grubauer I think and Jones still got to play 35 games last year for Philly for what it's worth okay uh Scott Wedgwood in Dallas like look like we're excited about Ottinger but also we gave reasons why maybe he's not ready for a big volume starter's workload so we'll have to wait and see and next in line is Scott Wedgwood and he actually was pretty solid for stretches last year he was on a bunch of teams but he ended up in Dallas and was uh, was good there so yeah nine ten save percentage overall I'm somewhat interested. I don't know. I'm not crazy interested. I'd be okay to move him to tier nine if you want, but what do you think? Are you interested or no?
0: Compared to the tier nine guys, uh, I am interested. Like I think he's above he's he's in tier eight because he's had a, a reasonably good track record of being a backup goalie, and maybe Andre struggles, and we don't know yet if Dallas is gonna let him play out of that struggle, or if it's gonna be like, hey, how about you sit for a bit, let Wedgewood get in, let's work on your game, and then we'll throw you back in when we think you're ready. So without knowing that, uh, I'm curious to see what Wedgwood uh how many games Wedgwood can get in
1: yeah okay Casey to Smith I mean I don't know I guess I'm not that interested but I'm not that interested either let's move down to tier 9 okay
0: get out but tier 9 is like tier 9 is like do not touch like Casey to Smith I would touch tier 9 so we're putting it back in tier 8 yeah I mean Mm -hmm. like we're not about to split tier 8 into A and B uh (laughs) but tier 8 is still the guys that like I would hey if I'm spot starting I would think about them Tier nine are the guys that even if they spot start, I'm like pretty nervous about bringing them a, like burning a move to bring them on. Okay.
1: All right. So next up, Kevin Lankanen. I'm interested. Like I maybe it's wishful thinking my dynasty. Like, yeah, I think I think, I think you're seeing this through uh, through manager colored glasses here. Hey, look he had a good run in Chicago and then they played him too much and he couldn't handle it. And Chicago was terrible last year. And it's just like, now he's on an amazing defensive team. Well, maybe amazing isn't the right word, but you know, like Nash a much better defensive team. Also Saros, we, like we discussed really got run down at the end of last year and was bad at the end. So similar to like a Spencer Martin situation, I think it's worth it for them to give Lankin in a shot to show that he could be not like a, like a backup that plays 35 games, but maybe he plays 25, 30 games. And, and I think he could be decent when he play- I'm curious to see what he does when he I've- plays.
0: I think you're overrating that first season he had in Chicago, where he had a, like a really great run, and then was never good again for the rest of the season. Like yeah. he was like totally unreliable, and then last year he was even worse. And uh, now he's going to Nashville, who I don't think is like a, a top tier defensive team. I guess I can, I can fine tier nine. Sh- check that Alex assumption.
1: Schwab-, uh, Schwab squad in the chat is saying that Lankin's not even going to make the team, and Ingram's going to beat him out. Yeah, fine. well
0: that's it. I, we're going to get to Ingram in tier X, but I don't think <laughs> a allowed to. Make- Make the team i'm well, sorry he signed, Elon, I'm, he signed a one-way contract at 1. 1.5 million that yeah so they'll wave him if yeah. they'll wave him if they don't want him and no one will take him because i, I don't think he's that good i All mean right. i want him to be good sorry this is coming off poorly but i think i need to offset your your bias
1: fine he's in tier nine okay next up uh, philip Gustafson. we talked about how flurry is older an older gentleman and Gustafson maybe still has some upside so i'm interested to see what he could do in minnesota
0: Yeah, me too. There might be an opportunity for him to get a few games in. So, uh, yeah, call me interested. By the way, I just need to fact check. uh, Nashville's a pretty good defensive team last season. Seventh best in the league uh, at five on five. So good for them. And Schwab's squad is also pointing out the thing that I also forget about Lankinen's great season in Chicago or great part of a season was that all his good games were against Detroit. (laughs) Okay. He only (laughs) played well against Detroit. It was great.
1: Start Lankinen against Detroit. All right. Well, that was the year that Detroit was like the worst ever. But okay. Uh, tier nine now. So now we're just saying, I'm just going to list off all the goalies. Then you could tell me at the end if there's anyone here that you're actually more interested in. But okay. We got Montembeau on the halves. Lankanen, we just moved in. Staylock, Don't you dare say Staylock. Okay. Grice no. in St. Louis. Vladar in Calgary. I think it's Vladash vladash in calgary i apologize uh sandstrom in philly brian elliott brian elliott's still around good for him in tampa david riddick and winnipeg halak i'm saying the teams because people might not know who, which teams these players are on uh halak on the rangers corpusalo in columbus hudobin on dallas i don't even know if he'll make the t- he probably won't even make the team i should probably we should probably put him in tier x because i think that it's wedgwood and then maybe yeah
0: yeah okay i'm putting well i think he'll make the team and sit in the press box like dallas has this issue with managing the goalies on their roster they're not very good at it they just have excess goalies all the time right okay i'm putting him
1: in x okay what who's next here halak on the rangers i don't know i guess uh, we had uh, some takes that he might play more but uh what gillies well arizona we haven't even set a backup right they have a melka and then i think it'll be gillies or one of them will be the they like i'm not interested in either of them so yeah that's it that's tier 9 okay any and do you want to talk about any of these guys or do you no, want to just these, move No these are
0: guys i'm t- i would be afraid to spot star
1: Okay, so then Tier X we've made really quickly because we're not the experts here on, like, prospects and all that stuff. But, like, these are players who are probably not going to start in the NHL but, like, have a decent – Like, obviously, like, any, like, guy who's, like, the third goalie on their team has a shot to play games in the NHL if one of the goalies in the NHL gets injured. But I guess Tier X – we're going to point out some guys that, like, let's say if one of the NHL goalies got injured, one of these guys could actually come in and, like – Challenge to be the starter. Like, if the starter got injured, on a lot of teams, like, if the starter gets injured, the backup takes over. You know, if Frederick Anderson gets injured, then Antti Ranta becomes the starter for sure. But maybe there's other teams, like in Montreal, where if uh, Jake Allen gets injured, it's not like Montebos all of a sudden the starter. I think that they bring up Caden Primo, and Caden Primo becomes the starter while Allen is injured. So, th- th- those are our tier X guys. Okay. And they start with, by the way, I guess one exception is like Chris Drieger, who we have to mention he's injured. But if like groove hour continues to be as bad as he is, Brian, why are you smirking so much? Are you just like reading the chat? Ryan, like, can't even. All right. He's not interested in me anymore, but that's fine. We've been talking for two and a half hours. Anyways, I'm listening. <laughs> Drieger is someone that is injured. So you could draft him, throw him right in your IR, and then who knows? Maybe he comes back. Maybe he doesn't. You know, he has to recover uh, from surgery. But, like, if he comes back, maybe there's a chance he can be decent. So he would be someone I wouldn't mind having in my IR if I had enough IR spots. Okay. Then we have Nico Dawes in New Jersey. We talked about how Blackwood could potentially get hurt, like, whatever. So there's definitely an opportunity for Dawes to get back up there. Primo, I just mentioned in Montreal. I don't think Montebo will ever be a star. Starter, right? So I think Primo would come in. Uh, Hudobin, I don't even know. We're over Hudobin, but I'll throw his name out there. He might play a game. Dostal on Anaheim, really high pedigree prospect. So we'll see. I, I could see him getting a shot. And I, like, I think if Gibson got injured, then I think I could see Dostal getting a decent run uh, over Stoley. I guess we just mentioned Connor Ingram. Uh, Chicago, Who's their backup, right? We said Staylock. He might not be healthy enough to play, right? So then I guess next may be like Arvid Sauterblom.
0: Just Now we're just naming names here. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. We are naming guys like who might play. And we know from the past, like look at Bennington's season. We know from the past, if we name enough guys, we might name one <laughs> who actually does something in this NHL season. We're
1: not trying to say every backup. We're saying guys that have a chance to even like take over as a starter if there's one injury.
0: <laughs> right. One injury one injury and these guys might get some games and some of them well it depends who's injured right like if john gibson's injured then dost has a chance if stola is injured maybe not
1: okay i think if Stolarz is injured then fine like i definitely think soder blom could be better than morazic like i think he's worth coming up and doing something because morazic i don't have any faith in uh we've got joel hoffer on st louis i think that like if Bennington gets injured I don't think all of a sudden Thomas Grisby is becoming a volume goalie, right? So maybe that would be an opportunity for Hoffer. Kachikov on Carolina, even though I just said, actually. That. But the thing with okay, the thing with Carolina is both of their goalies are injury-prone, right? So it's very possible that Anderson and Ronta could get injured. And then Kachikov would be the default. Uh, Tarasov on Columbus. Yeah, I think that he's probably better than Corpusalo at this point. Uh, Sogard on Ottawa. Uh, can then Okay, then we have Tier Z. Here's two goalies that aren't going to play, but I just want to say their names one last time. Carey Price and Robin Leonard. Hopefully we see them in the league again sometime, but you never know. All
0: right. Both former goalies in Tier 1 are on the doorstep of Tier 1 at, at moments in their careers. And uh, yeah, get Will soon to both of them. Uh, I, I guess you're not pausing for me to comment on any of the goalies no, I'm in done. Tier i
1: I'm done talking, actually. So you can say anything you want about Tier X or Tier Z. I'm done.
0: Okay. Here are the T-Rex goalies that I'm interested in seeing in NHL action the most. Okay. Like there might be some upside that I, I'd, I'd love to see. I'd like to see Chris Jiedger. I'd like to see Nico Dawes. I'd like to see Lucas Dostal. I'd like to see Connor Ingram. And I'd like to see Daniil Tarasov. And then I'll also put Soderblom and Sogard on the list, too. That's most of T-Rex. I left out a few guys, uh, but I'd like to see them. That's okay. all I'm saying. Tier
1: X. All right, so I think we've probably done a decent enough job of naming most of the goalies that we'll play next year. Obviously, we could still name some more third stringers. But yeah, this has been a blast, Brian. Uh, hopefully, people have enjoyed part two of this mega episode of this Keeping Carlson tradition, where we go through every single goalie in the league. And we're Hang cur- on. Hang Stop on. Stop the presses. Oh, my God.
0: Uh, Adam in the chat wants to know if, uh, asks, did I miss Shalgren?
1: So what? He's the third stringer on Toronto.
0: <laughs> I think so. Oh, well, I fine. mean, he's a behind guy. Matt. Behind Matt Murray. <laughs> I guess you're right though. Matt
1: Murray is very injury prone, so there's definitely a chance that Samsonov takes over as the starter, and then Shogren comes in, and then Samsonov hasn't proven himself. Though I think Samsonov has like high upside. We used to think of him as like in that tier with Shostakovich and, and Sorokin, right? It was like the three of them, the three right. S starting Russian goalies coming over that we think have a lot of uh, like opportunities to be really good. And like obviously Samsonov has been the worst so far. So fine. But anyways, but yeah, Shalgren is probably the next up in Toronto, but what, what am I supposed to say? He if that
0: if there's anyone else we missed, please tweet us at keeping Carlson. Elon, before you close out, are we going to do our, like, are, are we going to say the whole, we always say every goalie. We recap our tiers. Uh, okay. So I'm going to try to do it all in one breath. Okay. Okay. Here we go. You say the tier name
1: and I say the goalies. Okay. Ready? <sighs> yeah. Tier one. Shestork and Veselovsky. Tier two. Saros, Hellebuck, Demko, Markstrom. Tier three. Ettinger, Sorokin, Anderson, Jari, Merzlikin. Oh, no, just Jari. Uh, tier four. <laughs> Merzlikin, Flurry, Kemper, Bennington, Poprowski, Campbell. Tier five A. Swayman, Georgiev, Huso, Murray, maybe Murray. Five B. <laughs> Hart, Gibson, Grubauer, Allen. Six A. a. Blackwood, Vanacek, Forsberg, Talbot, Kakkonen, Reimer, Quick, Peterson. You sound like you took a breath. Six Sorry, B. I did. Mrazik, Vimelka. Seven A. Fransouz, Mark Nijelkovic, Samsonov, Varlamov, Hill. Oh, that's it for 7A. Seven, 7B. Seven Hill, Brassois, Thompson, Lukonen, Anderson, Comrie. This has not been the smoothest recap. Uh, tier 8. Go to com slash goalies. All right, I think we're good. Okay. Oh, come on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Skinner Knight, Ronta Lindgren, Martin Solars, Jones, Wedgwood, DeSmith, Gustafsson. Tier
0: 9. <laughs>
1: Montevaux, Lankanen, Stalock, <Stelag>, Grice, Wadar, <laughs> S- <Okay>. Sandstrom. <laughs> <Sandström. laughs> I don't even know what song I'm singing. <laughs> Elliot, Riddick, Halak, Corpusalo, Gillies, Prosvitov.
0: If anybody wants to put this to music, either Elon's voice or themselves, that would be great. And then Tier X is Drevger, Daz, Primo, Hudobin, Dass, Ingram, Soderblom, Hoffer, Kochetkov, Tarasov, and Sugard. And finally, Tier Z. Carrie Price, and Robin Leiner. Yes. Okay. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Hope you enjoyed
1: the show. If you have thoughts on our tiers, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Come chat with us on Discord. Let us know in the episode discussion channel. Uh, tweet at us at Keeping Carlson. We'd love a five-star review on iTunes. This is like the start of the season, right? So this is our chance to ask you to help us to rise the ranks a little bit, maybe get some more listeners. I know you don't want to like tell people in your league. Fine. Uh, but if you want to help us out, we wouldn't mind. You could become a patron of keeping Carlson. You know, not only do you get access to the couple, which I think, I guess we've talked enough about at this point, we'd love you to join the league. You only have a few days left before the deadline, uh, join our community. Also, you know what? Like <laughs> underrated benefit of being a patron of keeping Carlson. is you're helping to support a podcast that you listen to. And that's like a nice thing to do because we're putting a lot of work into it. And if you want to throw us, uh, beer not even anymore but like you know a a cheap beer for one of us to have once a month you know we would appreciate it okay so consider it keepingcarlson.com slash patron and yeah definitely if you want to play in the couple you got to do that soon to guarantee your spot maybe after the 8th if you're listening to this and it's after the 8th we might still be able to get you in, but you'll join the wait list and then it'll basically be, we'll try to fill as many tiers as we can, but it's not as much. It's not a guarantee anymore, but okay. Uh, With that, Brian, let's do the outro music. Let's get out of here. We're done part two of a mega episode. So uh, why don't you let people know what you used for researching this show and say your goodbyes.
0: All right, this episode of the Keeping Carlson Fantasy Hockey Podcast was presented by Dabra Hockey and powered by our patrons, including our brand newest super supporter, Fred. Welcome, Fred. And Aaron, you're also a new super supporter, so thank you very much. I actually uh, hung out with Aaron a little while ago. I bought him a beer. A super, if you become a super supporter and we hang out, I will buy you a beer too. Hey. Uh, Tyler, Andrea, Tom, Derek, David, Rob, and Patty uh, also superly supporting our podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, also, thanks for our couple coordinator, Kevin A. Bear and our brand new team of co-commissions, who are looking sweet with their hot pink names over on our Discord server. Welcome to our new zebra on our mod team in our Discord server, Shams, who uh, you know as uh, being one of the editors and curators of all the game day Twitter accounts we have, which you can find at gamedaytweets.com. Thanks, Andrea, for running the daily patron rankings, which are still going. There's so many people doing so many great things. Thanks to you all. Uh, you can follow Ben and Lewis, who are kind enough to retweet a lot of the things we say and have their own fun things to say on Twitter at Short KK. And the season debut of Shifts is coming, probably in like a month. But it's coming, so get ready. Logo art by BrandonWeeb.com. Outro music by Pat Roach. And this show was researched with help from Dauber Hockey frozen tools natural stat trick evolving hockey cap friendly the athletic HockeyGolies.org, hockey reference hockey biz hockey database elite prospects and nbc sports edge
1: you started saying the references like slowly and then sped up i wonder if that means something
0: i just uh i was actually trying to pick out specifically the ones i used and then I realized that I still used them all, even though we were just talking about goalies.
1: Well, unfortunately, Brian, I'm going to have to call BS on you because NBC Sports Edge has stopped the update. Oh, you.
0: I didn't use NBC Sports <laughs> Edge. You're right. I just figured
1: you did. Oh, uh, I'm sad. Injury news. Now I'm, I, I've got CBS Sports player news as like the whatever I just basically use Shams retweets at KB News NHL at this point but I still like having those player profiles so if someone has a good replacement for what used to be Roto World and is now NVC. Uh, Roto World was the best it's all the same right? I just need a site where I could see the news and little write up I like those but anyway alright great job as always Brian hope everyone enjoyed the show we'll be back at you with more content Next week and all throughout September. So make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your shows. You're not going to want to miss any of the good
0: stuff we've got coming to get you prepared to dominate your fantasy
1: leagues.
0: Until then, while you get prepared to dominate, remember to be friendly and do everything you can to make sure that fantasy hockey is for everyone.